0: Sue Haley? What? It's a mini. It's a mini. It's a mini. I mean, we did the intro wrong, but okay. Uh, welcome to Freshly Squeezed True Crime. It's a mini. Yay! <laughs> so, today I have an episode that while I was researching it, I was like, Sue Haley should have done this episode. Okay. It's a you episode. Oh. So, <laughs> I'm afraid to find out. <laughs> No, it, well, it's got one part that's a U, okay. and I'm like, she's gonna love it. Have you ever been to Key West? Of course. I haven't. Okay. The most famous bar in Key West is Sloppy Joe's on Duval Street. Yes. But Duval Street wasn't its original location. Okay. Did you know that? No. Woo! I'm fucking washed away. I'm uh, gonna put this over here now. Today we're gonna talk about Captain Tony's Saloon. Okay. Do you know it? No. Yay! You're going to put on your readers? So excited. That's a good idea. Okay. So just around the corner at 428 Green Street is Captain Tony's Saloon. It's just around the corner from Sloppy Joe's. It was the original location of Sloppy Joe's. Okay. So purchased in 1968 by Captain Tony Terracino when it became Captain Tony's Saloon. But the building had a long history of owners before then let's go back in time she's been around she has this building (laughs) who she's seen some shit the building was built in 1851 or 1852 and it originally held two businesses it was an ice house and as the only frigid place in key west it was also the city morgue (laughs) yes fucking classic i love it already (laughs) In the summer of 1865, there was a horrendous hurricane causing water to pour through the island of Key West. It's said that the storm surge was over 20 feet. The bodies that were awaiting burial or autopsy were washed away in the surge, except for one body that was later buried beneath the building. A wall was built around the remains and surrounded with holy water. <laughs> I don't know why. That is super weird. <laughs> what the fuck was the holy this water? This is the only do? body left. Let's put holy water on it. <laughs> Okay. So, but Okay. Okay. You survive a hurricane, you're a vampire. Oh, my God. I remember the city, the when people back in the day, when they would call you, you used to answer the phone and say, City more, you kill them, we kill them. No? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. In ahead. the 1890s, the building housed a wireless telegraph station. In 1912, it became a cigar factory and later a bordello. Oh. At some point it was a bar that encouraged patrons from the Navy until it declared until the Navy declared that it was off limits. So it was a whorehouse continuing. It was. <laughs> <laughs> it later became several speakeasies, the last of which was called the Blind Pig, specializing in gambling, women, and bootleg run. Okay. During Prohibition, Josie Sloppy Joe Russell, a local entrepreneur and one of Hemingway's cronies, took out a lease on the place with hopes for the end of the drinking ban in near sight. Sure enough, in 1933, the prohibition was lifted and Sloppy Joe's bar was opened. Let's go. It was here that Ernest Hemingway spent many of his evenings from 1933 to 1937. And probably lost his liver. In 1938, the building's landlord raised the rent by a dollar a week. Of course he fucking did. And Russell was pissed. So Sloppy Joe Marshall... Marched up the street, secured a lease for the 201 Duvall Street, where it is now, Mm -hmm. and started the lease right away. So the story goes that the bar patrons literally picked up everything they could. (laughs) The stools, their contents, the the liquor bottles, their drinks, everything they could pick up in the bar. They just walked down the street to the new location. (laughs) Okay it's like everything must go sale yeah but here's the thing like you're like a popular bar i know but in in my head because i'm five yeah i picture like in the cartoon version where they literally picked up everything went to the new place sat down and continued the same conversation the same fucking card game that's the way the story goes (laughs) exactly yes (laughs) i love it (laughs) even the toilet (laughs) Yes, everything must go. No, Hemingway claimed ownership of the men's urinal, saying that he had paid a fortune to water it over the years. What the fuck? He moved it into his home and it became a permanent fountain on his property. (laughs) Such a classy man. I know. (laughs) And the bar went through several other changes throughout the years. In 1962, it was a bar named The Oldest Bar. Wow, that's original. (laughs) So again in 1968, Captain Tony Terracino, a well-known local charter boat captain, purchased the building. Okay. When you enter the building, the first thing you notice is that there's a huge tree growing in the center of the bar. The tree is still alive, but Hurricane Irma took most of the top of it off. Bitch. Known as the hanging tree, rumor is that 18 people were hanged there. That's a yuck like way back when. All but one care. of them was hung for piracy. Okay. No me gusta. Well, they kept the hanging tree, put in the middle of the bar. The Where everybody knows your name. So 17 pirates and the one other one that wasn't a pirate was a local woman who, who was said to have killed her husband and two sons and then left their bodies in her yard. A witness, a neighbor witness didn't called police. The woman was found in her house wearing a blood soaked blue dress and taken to the tree for immediate hanging. After that, she became known as the Lady in Blue, and many have seen or photographed blue specters of her in the bar. Okay. In the 1980s, renovations were being done when construction workers found the bones of about a dozen bodies under the flooring. Fuck off. They also unearthed a gravestone for a young woman named Elvira. Put it back. (laughs) Elvira was married in her mid-teens to an abusive alcoholic man in his 50s. Sounds about right. At the tender age of 19 in 1822, she was hanged on winter solstice for killing her husband because self-defense wasn't an option back then. Well, you know, whatever. Her tomb marker now sits beside the pool table in the billiard room. Oh, how appropriate. Great. Mm-hmm. That's where I want to get buried now. I think they left her body and just pulled up the marker. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I said. Put it back. But they say there are far more bodies buried under the floor. And that wherever you step, you're walking on someone's grave. Oh, that's fucking reassuring. I don't even want to go to this place. Take a fuck right off. Like, it's a popular place. No, we good. Okay. Right beneath the hanging tree is another burial marker for Reba Sawyer. The story goes that Reba was buried in Key West Cemetery after she died in 1950. Her husband later found letters that exposed an affair between his wife and another man. They had their tryst together under the hanging tree. The husband was so enraged that he dragged his cheating wife's gravestone from the cemetery into the bar and placed it under the hanging tree, saying, here's where she wanted to be, so here's where she'll stay. What a petty motherfucker. And by the way, thank you for moving me. It is where I wanted to go. Over the years, Captain Tony welcomed musicians and writers into the saloon. Captain Tony's bar is where Jimmy Buffett got his start. He played there (laughs) in the early 1970s and was often paid in tequila. He immortalized the bar and Terracino in his song, Last Mango in Paris. <laughs> over the years, Jimmy Buffett would make surprise appearances in the saloon. Of course. Other famous people that visited over the years include Shel Silverstein. Yes! Bob Dylan, John F. Kennedy, Harry Truman, many others. When a celebrity visits, a bar stool is added that says their name on it. Terracino sold the bar in 1989, but continued to visit until his death in November 2008. So, some hauntings. In addition to the lady in blue, patrons report mysterious occurrences in the ladies' room. One woman says that she tried to go into the first stall, but it was locked, even though no one was in it. Then the outside door to the restroom opened and closed, and the door to the first stall opened, slammed, and locked again. (coughs) Fuck off. Right? I'm on the way home. The bar's new owner, Joe Farber, who says he's a skeptic, has had several experiences of his own. One night, at 4 a.m., he heard a voice calling out to him. He noticed that the back doors were wide open, even though he knew he had locked them hours before. A few years later, he heard the voice again. This time, it said, don't leave. He didn't find anything amiss, so he did leave, and he went home. At 6 a.m., he got a call from the police that they had found the body of a young teenage girl in front of the building. He believes that the voice was trying to tell him not to leave so that he could save the girl's life. Ugh. Mm-hmm. other patrons described their experiences there are cold spots in the hallway near the ladies room doors opening and closing without anyone around and stalls locked with no one inside one patron reported getting third degree burns on his hands an hour after touching the hanging tree so that's captain tony's saloon in key west and that's my mini All right, well to so all the parrot heads Boy, rest in paradise, cheeseburgers and uh, paradise, right? I'm going to start singing that again, so let's <laughs> close out before I do. Bye. Bye.